The stories of Southern black women are breathtakingly illuminated at Signature Theater in a soaring musical based on the acclaimed novel and film The Color Purple, featuring DC superstar Nova Y. Payton as Seeley and the voices Frenchie Davis. The Color Purple is filled with jazz, gospel, and blues music, performed by a cast of 16 and a live orchestra. Bring the whole family to see this Tony-winning musical live on stage now through October 9th at Signature Theater. Get tickets today at sigtheater.org. Bread aisle, are you ready to rock? Dave's Killer Bread is the country's number one organic bread for a reason. Always delivering killer taste, killer texture, and killer nutrition. This isn't bread. This is bread amplified. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. You shaved. Why do you act surprised that I look groomed? Well, because you, you don't like to shave. No, I don't. People ask, like, do you do that on purpose? Like, do you like the bit? No, I'm just lazy. I wait a month until it gets itchy, and then I'm like, this has to go away. Is that what it was? You were itchy? That's what, yeah. So this morning I got up and I'm like, I do not want to leave the house with this itch going on on my face. And so I get my electric trimmer, and I'm like, I'm just going to trim it up a little bit. And so halfway through, I get ha done with the right side of my face, and I hear the battery start going. Oh, no. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, I'll just find the charger. That'll be fine. <laughs> Can't find the charger. I'm late for work, so I'm like, I just have to bick the whole thing. So you were forced by lack of battery charging planning. Well, it was either that or I go to work with half of a face. It could be a look. It could be a look. It, you know, like the Hitler mustache? Yeah. Like, you know, back then, that was a, that was a that thing. That was a look? And then he ruined it for everybody. So you, you might have ruined the half-shaved face for everybody. I haven't started it yet. I haven't had the balls to try. Well, we have a guest here who also shaved today. Yes, it's, I did. Uh, it's Sergeant Nick Perez. Hello. And why did you shave today? Well, I shaved because uh, I have guard this weekend. Guard? National Guard, yeah. National Well, that what? not that a coincidence? What? We were going to talk about the military today. What a coinky dink that I just randomly this? walked in here, <laughs> and it just so happens you guys are talking about that. That's yeah. the Remain Seated podcast. It's me, Gina, it's Festus, and it's Sergeant Perez, who yes. I work with over at X96. He's our promotions director. Oh, yeah. Slash drill instructor. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, he does a great job with that. And we've actually talked about having you on before, but... Since Festus and I decided to talk military today, I thought, well, we have a military. Right. I didn't think you were serious about this. You're like, well, we'll talk about it on Thursday. Well, we're going like, to. It took a lot of convincing. She walked over and said, would you like to be on the show? And I said, yep. <laughs> I've literally been sitting in here for an hour waiting for you guys. Well. <laughs> you look so excited. You're sweating with anxiety. Yeah. No. My hands are so sweaty. Festus called me yesterday. Was it yesterday? I think it was. The day before? Tuesday. About something else. <laughs> yeah. I called you to, about something with, like, Christmas gifts. Oh, you didn't know who gave who a Christmas gave a gift and you wanted to thank the right person yeah which that was the original reason which i appreciate you thanking people that yeah. give you gifts yeah because that reflects on me like someone must have brought you up right that's what it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but then oh well i know it was the day that uh that we we uh killed the iranian general so no, was, no 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 it was the day that i ran 
sent oh, responded. to oh, okay. the bases uh, in Iraq. And so yep. our conversation <laughs> deteriorated into that for a bit. Fantastic. Just it. <laughs> no, yeah. I know how it got brought up. The first, when, I, when she answered the phone, the first thing that she said was, what was it? Like, aren't you glad you're not in Iraq or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was something like, like she didn't even yeah. say hello. She just, I said, hi, Mom. And she said, aren't you glad you're not in Iraq? Well, <laughs> I was obsessing over it because it, it had just come across yeah. on the news. And, yeah. And, um, and. I'll put it this way. Festus has expressed some interest in the military, and we'll yeah. leave it at that. So I was th- that was top of well, mind. Well, don't worry. You're not going to get drafted. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, people are saying that, and that's not going to Yeah, no. They, they have so many things in place right now um, to prevent the draft from happening again. Plus, I mean, dude, everyone's so entitled nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, no one would make it. No. Yeah. They're all like, you know, there's no selflessness anymore when it comes to people. So they wouldn't be willing to sacrifice a month without their cell phone. Heck no. Yeah. No, but. Uh, okay, wait. Is that a thing, though, by the way? What? The cell phone thing. No, that's like basic training. You can't have your phone. Oh. Yeah, like, well, when you're drafted, yeah, like if they ever did the draft, it wouldn't be like a full basic training. It would be like, we're going to train you on some stuff. Go Get shoot those there. guys. Yeah. Like World War II, like a quick couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nowadays, there's so many things in place called, uh, one thing is called the ready reserve. So even if, like, when I'm done, done, I still am committed to, like, five years of that if anything were to happen. I get pulled in because I've already had the training. I've already, I mean, I've been deployed five times. So they're like, Sergeant Perez. <laughs> They'd rather you have know. you than to pull somebody. Some than to pull some kid study. that's, yeah, that's barely getting through slick, you know, so. <laughs> so what, let's just go back to uh, when you joined. What, yeah. what made you, what made you want to join? Well, so I, uh, I joined in 2005, uh, right out of high school. Um, I got good enough grades to get into college. It's just I'm from Detroit and we couldn't afford college and I didn't want my dad to put up like his house to try to get me to go to college and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a super nerd, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to be, what I told the recruiter and it's funny because I looked at my uh, original like documents, I told them that I wanted to be a real life superhero. Right? So, <laughs> and I wanted to go like save people and yeah. do stuff and um, you know, and then I scored high on the ASVAB, which is the aptitude test you have to take to get into the military. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for the Army, you just have to spell your name right. But, like, for the Air Force, <laughs> yeah, you got to do, uh, yeah. Some people don't even get that. Yeah, exactly. Well, then they go to the Marines. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh! Shots fired. No. Um, no. They And the cool thing is, like, all the military people, like, if there's Marines or Army listening, they know that I'm ribbon because they're going to make fun. And well, each one, each, yeah, each, whatever each one, one has something. Each one has something. Exactly, yeah. But Air Force. You all work together. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I joined, and I got a high score, and I became a, a mechanic. Uh, because I loved working on cars as a kid. So you that's was the direction you wanted to take. You said, yeah, yeah well, you know, and the thing was is they said, you know, here's you scored high, so you pretty much have all the jobs available. The only problem was is at the time, the Air Force said, but these are the ones that we have available right now. If you want to wait three years, you know, to go in, you can pick a different one or whatever. Because originally I was going to go into the medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, well, you know, I was like, I love working on cars. I can you know, get in and then the recruiter did their thing and they were like, well, be a mechanic now and then you can always retrain later. That never happened. So so <laughs> it wasn't like some overswelling patriotism, this thing happened in the world and I want to go out. It was more no, of a it, you know, like I remember, I mean, I was in economics class in high school when 9-11 happened, right? Mm-hmm. So that was sitting in my mind, you know, that, but it was also like a, 
I kind of wanted. I was. I'm the first one in my family to like fully go into the military, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of like a, a pride thing, like mm-hmm. a patriotic thing. But that wasn't the driving force. You know, it was I want to do something meaningful with my life. Mm-hmm. Because being from Detroit, it's, you know, one or two ways. It's like you get out of Detroit and you go do something else, or you stay in Detroit and you fall into the, you know, the regular low-end workforce or the criminal side of it. You Not know, a lot of options there. Not a lot. I mean, nowadays there are because they've rebuilt the city and there's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure... More car dealerships. Exactly. There's a lot more car dealerships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that aren't burnt down. What, what, did your, what did your family think when you said you were going to? So when I... Um, when I first started thinking about it, my dad, who has been in radio my whole life, was like, no, <laughs> you know, but then, you know, we got to talking and I was like, well, you know, I want to do something, you know, meaningful. And he kind of, and the cool thing about my dad is he's very big picture. Mm-hmm. So when I told him, cause he asked me why he's mm-hmm. like, why do you want to join? You know, he's like, if you just want to go you know, shoot people. That's not what you do. Just stay in Detroit for that. Yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> There's more of that there. Exactly. Yeah. No. Tr- and when I was, when I filled in for you that one time, Bill asked me all about growing up in Detroit and like Iraq and stuff. I've actually been hurt and like beaten up and shot and stabbed more in Detroit growing up than I did when I deployed five times Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, be a selling point. For it should be. Yeah. That, that's the new tagline. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Iran. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Iran, at least not Detroit. Um, but no, like in, you know, I told them why I wanted to join and things like that. And my, uh, my stepmom at the time, she was like, I don't want you going because you're going to get deployed. And I'm like, well, the Air Force is different, you know, because that's what the recruiters were telling me. Um, but then when you get in. Yeah, you're five times deployed, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So and then when you get in, it's, you know, you go to basic training and it, it is a culture shock. Like, it's ridiculous. I've never been able to eat food that fast in my entire life. Like because you have to. You right? have to. Yeah. Like, there's a rule that if you're sitting at your table. And if the table here next to you finishes, mm-hmm. you have like 10 seconds to finish your food. Because if someone from the table next to you on the other side finishes before you do, you all have to do push-ups. It was, yeah. It's a control. It's a mental thing, sure. discipline, you know, sure. type of stuff. So, And I get it, you know. And it's funny because, you know, back even to the shaving, you know, my whole life has been a baby face. Just clean shaving because it's the same thing. I hate the itch. Mm-hmm. I do want to point out that I love that you said Hitler had the mustache. <laughs> not Charlie Chaplin. No, not, you know, he's like. Like, you know, Hitler's the main one. Hitler made it famous. <laughs> no, Hitler made it not cool anymore. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he ruined it for everybody. No, but, um, you know, I've been clean shaven my whole life. And then a couple years ago, I was like, I'm kind of, I'm going to, I got lazy. I was like, I'm tired of shaving. Because every day for, yeah. you know, 11 and a half years when I was active duty, I would have to shave. And I was like, ugh, I just kind of want to not shave. Yeah. And then it was during a moment where we had uh, our, like, I call it the summer break from guard because there's a couple months where we don't have drill because mm-hmm. um, usually we have it once a month. Once a month just for the weekend. Yeah, right? just a, once a month for the weekend, and then we do like our what we call super drill, and that's like the two weeks out of the year um, in the summertime. But the uh, we had two weeks off, and I was like, I'm just going to let it grow. Why not? Yeah, and I was like, man, it looks really good. <laughs> yeah, so now when I shave it, everyone and here, everyone's like, oh, you've you've garden yeah, this we week. Can tell. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely tell. Grow yeah. it whenever you can, and so, then shave it whenever you have to. So talk about the first time you deployed. Were you scared? Um, yeah, I was. So the fear actually set in when I got the notification from my commander, because it was around the time um, it was like 2008. He was like, hey, we need you guys in the office. You know, come see me and we're all sitting outside of it there's like a handful of us 
and uh, it wasn't a normal big group that normally gets deployed. Like usually, I'd mm-hmm. see it, and it's like the whole shop or like you know a bunch of people go. It was like six of us. I'm like, really? What the hell's happening? So then I found out it's because um, we were since we were vehicle mechanics that also worked on tactical vehicles. Mm-hmm. They were like, hey, the Red Horse, which is a uh, it's a detachment of the Air Force that does mainly overseas like. Um, construction. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones that go in and like build bases. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones that build the flight line and things like that. And they do it like in a third of the time that a normal construction company would, but that's their whole job. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they don't have regular mechanics and they usually augmentee, which means they pull from different bases oh, all over the okay. air force. And they're like, and you're going to go uh, to Afghanistan. And I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> I joined yeah. thinking I would never have to go. Any- I mean, yeah. I, but that's a real question. Did you join thinking I want to do this for a while and it's a career and I can make money and, yeah. and hopefully I'll never get deployed. Or were you hoping to get deployed at some point? It It kind of became a thing where, I was planning on being deployed, but I was never really ready for it until they said, hey, by the way, you're going to be deployed. And I was like, it took me like two days to even call my dad and like tell people. Yeah. I mean, people that I worked with, of course, knew, but it was kind of like one of those things that didn't really sink because I was like, I'm going to deploy. And then I went, oh, shh, I'm going to deploy. (laughs) And how, how much notice did they give you? Like how far from when they notified you did you ship out? This one was about six months. Uh, right. Yeah. Time to get used to. Yeah, we had some time, you know. But it was luckily it was the first one. After that, it was you know short turnarounds because I mean I was active duty for eleven years and five times in eleven years. It's half of my Air Force career was almost spent in the desert. So then you re-upped though if you were in eleven years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I re-upped, you know, because I got promoted, you know, and things like that. So it was one of those things where I wanted to, um. I wanted to make a career out of it because when I got back from my first deployment, I was like, oh, that was scary, but, you know, it was okay. And then they're like, well, guess what? You're going back. (laughs) Don't get too comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just bring your bags right back to the check-in. I mean, do you feel like your life's on hold, though, because you're just sort of waiting for the next? Like, what do you do in between? Um, Well, the cool thing about, I mean any military branches between deployments it did kind of feel like i was waiting for the next one Mm -hmm. just because i had just gotten back and like deployments are go 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 all the time Mm -hmm. and then when i get back it's it's go 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 but it's not as much and it's not as as intense right Mm -hmm. you're not on high alert all the time you're not having to check your p's and q's you're not having to you know check your boots for scorpions or anything like that boots for scorpions yeah camel spiders camel spider we used to fight camel spiders all the time yeah fight them like with swords (laughs) no 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 yeah that would be intense (laughs) i kind of want to write one of my buddies that's over there (laughs) so yeah we found a big one that was because the thing with camel spiders is they're very friendly ish from a distance right um they are i mean the whole point of a Camel spider is to latch onto the bottom of a camel, Ugh. bite them, and their their um, their bite has a numbing agent in it, and the camel doesn't feel it, and then they inject all their babies inside the camel, what? and it eats it from the inside out. Right? That's the coolest thing I've ever. No, it is not. Life. Yeah, that sounds like an alien movie. <laughs> now here's the thing, though: they look like aliens because they have like their bodies can. Like stand like this. <laughs> if you people who are listening, look up camel spider. No, you'll see I'm what not I'm talking about. No. The picture for this episode no, will be a camel, a camel spider. Yeah. So it they can run on their back four legs, um, and they can jump up to like thirty feet. So 
Okay, that's reason enough to not join the military. Exactly, Stay right? here and do not encounter but we would, You're not getting drafted, Mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the good, what we would do is we would take, like, because we'd find little baby camel spiders all over the place. Yeah. And we would fight them with scorpions. Like, we'd put them in, like. Oh, like a cockfight. Yeah, like, yeah. We would put them in, they would fight you each bet other. on it? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my money's on the camel spider. We didn't have anything else to do. Color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you give them a name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, in. I mean, that was probably, those are the scary ones, you know, because, like, we had to sleep with some some of the tents. Because, like, when I was in Bagram, we had to uh, we had to have tents over, like, little canopies over our beds because, like I said, camel spiders, if they bite your face, you don't feel it. And there was a report of a guy that had his face, face bitten, and by the time he woke up, the camel spider had eaten most of the skin on his face. And he had Jesus no Christ. idea. And he had no idea until he woke up. He just woke up and saw, like, camel spider legs on his face. How did you ever sleep? Uh, I would never go to sleep. I haven't slept since. <laughs> so, yeah. That's why I drink There's Red Bull. All your eyes. You're so used to it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, like, you know, in, between the, between the, the deployments, it was kind of like, there was never a shortage of work, especially as a vehicle mechanic in the military. Yeah. You know, because my first base was Minot, North Dakota. And uh, that's pretty much South Canada. Yeah. You know, and their their mission is the nuclear mission. So oh, yeah. that's all they do up there. And uh, so it was working on those vehicles all the time. And it was, it was very intense. And then I went to... Um, and then I got stationed in Germany. And Germany, they have such a big, a large vehicle fleet because they take care of all the vehicles out there. The vehicle maintenance is its own squadron, right? Where normally we'd be attached to like a logistics sure. or things like that. But it's its own entity because there are so many vehicles. So, And then just getting deployed from there, it kind of just felt, you know, like I was in Germany, mm-hmm. in the desert. In Germany, in the desert, you know. So you re-upped. Mm-hmm. But then what? You decided to just go guard? Well, so when everything kind of died down and after my last deployment, it was like um, I actually was leaving Germany and I was going to be a recruiter. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm pretty good with words and I like talking to people, right? (laughs) So I was going to be a recruiter and I had a class and everything. Um, But then the Air Force said, well, we're pulling people out of of Iraq and Afghanistan. (laughs) They're like, we have way too many people in the Air Force. Yeah. So they actually canceled a lot of the recruiting classes, mm-hmm. including one of mine. So it was like a month before I was supposed to leave Germany, and they're like, so you're not going to be a recruiter anymore. And I said, what the hell are you talking about? And they're like, yeah. We got too many people. Exactly. We have too many people. So one, we don't need like, recruiters. Yeah. Two, you know, we mm-hmm. can't train you to be a recruiter because we need you to do your job still somewhere else. And I was like, well, where am I going? And they said, well, the only available mechanic slot for your rank that's open is Hill Air Force Base in Utah. And that's how you got here. And then, well, that's the first part of how I got here. Yeah, so that's how I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were like, Utah, 2014. That? Well, I was like Utah. I was like, <laughs> I'm not Mormon. I'm not allowed to go there. You know. Um, but yeah, and then the reason. So then I got here, and I was here for about a year in 2014. And I said, you know what? And the, they were doing this thing. The Air Force was doing this thing called the Voluntary Separation Program, where uh, they were like, we have way too many people. They're like. You're a stellar staff sergeant. We'd mm-hmm. love to keep you, but mm-hmm. if you want to get out and go guard, we'll give you a large chunk of money. You can keep your benefits for two years. You can go to college, use your GI Bill, do whatever. And I said, yeah, okay. That sounds oh, good. Really it was ca- too many people. Oh, yeah. D- yeah, it was insane. I mean, there was criteria that you had to hit, but it was an – I mean, if you're in that bracket, all you had to do was say yes. It was – you know, it took a month. Because that's saving them yeah. money in the long exactly. run. Exactly. They're like, here's a large chunk. Yeah. 
you know, save us money, da 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 da. I mean, they're regretting it now because now they're going to have to, you know, pull people back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're not going to war. No, I just want to say that. But, anyway. but, the, but it's, the talk has been, and I know they're not going to bring Everyone's back the draft. The Internet's around now. The Internet wasn't prevalent when we got in the oh, last yeah. war. Court of public opinion is ridiculous, yeah. yeah. But yeah. your brother, Jeremy, uh, 9-11 happened when he was in high school. And yeah. you can imagine what that would do to... You know, I think a lot of people joined the military out of high school yeah. that maybe hadn't thought about it before, but went, "Oh, now I want to go." After that was a rush of patriotism, yeah, and exactly. they all went. And... Yeah, and like I said, that it happened. I think I was a sophomore uh, in high school when nine eleven happened, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow!" And it was just one of those things that I was so. A lot of people were so caught up with their own bubble, mm-hmm. you know, as in like their area where they live, things like that. At that time, I had never traveled outside of Michigan, mm-hmm. you know. Like I did, I think we went to Florida once, you know. But yeah. it was like, it was never really like I didn't think about New York. I didn't think about terrorism. I didn't think about that kind of stuff. Sure. But then when it happens, and your teacher comes into your econ class and goes. Uh, somebody just flew a plane into the World Trade Center. Everyone's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like, what? You know, and then the teacher puts it on, and you just watch this happen. You're like, what? And then the, the whole rest of the week, it was kind of just like, it was very somber, you know? Mm-hmm. And I did have that patriotism feel like I'm going to go, sure. you know, kick these guys' butts for, for doing this. But by the time I graduated and was able to, mm-hmm. it was, you know, two or three years after the fact. Uh, and... The whole, like, you getting deployed, uh, like, right away yeah. had died down. So it wasn't that scary thought of, right. like, if I join right now, it's I'm just going to automatically go. You know what I mean? Talk to me a little bit about um, the people in Afghanistan and the people in Iraq. Did you feel like we're here helping these people, or did you feel like it was kind of a mix. they don't want us here? There, or... there were a lot that wanted us there, you know, but there were... I think a majority of the ones that didn't because they felt like they're like, oh, well, we can handle our own problems. Right. And they've been so used to like ISIS and Al Qaeda being a part of their, you know, group, kind of like how, you know, when you when we joke about like the Bloods and the Crips, you know, like that's the same thing. They're basically to them. Yeah. I mean, except for, you know, the the ISIS and Al Qaeda will blow your family up if you don't do what they want. But it's like. Or just because they feel like... Or just because, yeah, they're having a bad day and they lost a poker game. They're like, I'm going to go blow up that house now. You know, but it was... There was a lot of of Afghanis and Iraqis that that liked us. And, like, Mm -hmm. there was a couple times where I had to go off base, you know, as the mechanic, um, which was very scary. Um, But we would go through towns and people were, you know... They always wanted stuff because there's a lot of times... I mean, years of us just going through towns and doing things and people give out... Chocolate bars and candy and water bottles and things like that. Um, You know, there was that high alert because the problem is, is if you're 14 years old, you can carry an AK-47 legally over there, right? So it's terrifying when you see, like, a child having an AK-47 and you're like... And do they have the judgment to know how to use it? Exactly, yeah. And you look at all children, like, does he have one? Does he, like... Yeah, no, and that's... And then it's like, do you look at the kids that are having it and... You gotta you gotta see if like if they're pointing it at us because if there's a group of like twelve kids, you know, and you're trying to keep your eye on these while we're doing other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, nobody wants to shoot a kid, you know what I mean? But it's it's one of those things that it's those harsh realities that you know it could happen mm-hmm. if he points the gun at you. So when you hear something like what happened earlier this week, yeah, and you've been there, yeah, 
What? Tell me your thought. Not, I mean, I know you can't talk yeah. specifically, but just where does your mind go when you hear that happen? The With the bombing of yeah. killing the top leader? Yeah. Um, I feel that, because the cool thing, I mean, the military isn't like the movies, right? Like, they don't just go, like, the president can't just sit there as much as everyone wants to believe that he can go, I'm going to kill them all, boop, and then hit a button, and then, you know, things happen. Don't get me wrong. The president has 100% power of the military, so he doesn't need congressional approval. He doesn't need, Which I you think know, they're trying to change. Isn't so trying to do something? Mm-hmm. What they're they're putting procedures in place so that he can't, or any president can't just start a war without the approval. Of without the approval. Well, sense not even to me. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not really the approval of Congress. It's more of. Uh, it's checks and balances with the top, like, military officials. Oh, right? so he doesn't even have to do that now? He can just... Oh, yeah. Like, if he uh, wanted to, he could order the commander, like, all of the generals and be like, we're going to go invade Canada. Because he's the commander-in-chief. Yeah, he's they the commander-in-chief. Yep. And that's why they, when they first started all that, they separated that because if we were to wait on Congress, nothing would happen. You know what I mean? Like, if if something were to happen, there's imminent, if there's if there imminent, really danger, imminent danger, yeah, and we need to act before exactly giving an answer. Yeah, and then according to some of the intel, um, for what I can say is that they found out that the the that leader was going to blow up or attack 15 of our embassies, right? Maybe not that exact number, but that was the number that I heard, mm-hmm. and it was like, he's going to do this. Right. So instead of being reactive, I think our administration was proactive, you know, and he was like, all right, well, I'm going to get rid of him. Now, the, in the response, the only bad response is our media. All the Iranians that live in London, that live in Iran, that live everywhere are like, oh, thank goodness. You know what I mean? But we were reporting on everyone but, saying death to America. Exactly. And that, well, because that's what sells, you know, that's what sells papers, right? Like people, yeah. people want to see that because they want. That's the scare, the fear that people buy into, and they go, "I need to watch CNN all day long to hear the same story five times." But what do you? So, so this happens, and your mind must go to. I wonder if this is gonna. hundred percent. Wrap up into. Yeah, I got phone calls, you know, from people. I got phone calls from leaders and things like that, and you know, my my mind goes, "Okay, well, where do we go from here?" Right, and uh, we we actually uh, a couple of my military buddies, uh, we all made jokes because like I've got a hurt foot because yeah. I you know broke it, but. They were like, well, you don't need your foot to pull a trigger, you know, like things like that. But um, but then we started thinking of like the real side of it, because at first we think, okay, how can we help Mm -hmm. if we have to go over there? Right. But then it's like, okay, well, we have to figure out like what happened, because like if it were a thing where he just randomly attacked because he saw an opportunity. Yeah. And there's no like, you know, no, no reason for him to do it. Just because he knew that was a bad guy and he was driving to this place and they blew up and did a whole bunch of things. That would be a different response in my head um, because then that means we're definitely going over there. So right now you think you might not. Exactly. Yeah. Now, and if, and that's the thing. So because there was other stuff that was happening and we did it proactively, then I think it was more of, uh, all right, we did this because we caught you. Mm -hmm. Don't do it again. I mean, yeah, that might be the end of it. I think so. And I know their retaliation was they're going to, they put like a hundred eighty million dollar, uh, like a uh, thing out on Trump's head. No one's going to do that. The president of the United States. Yeah. Well, and now they're saying that that Ukrainian plane that went down was yeah. accidentally, was an accidentally shot, shot yeah. in, which is Because horrible. they launched the 10, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They launched the 10 missiles at Al-Assad. But the funny thing was is that they launched it to a spot where nothing was at. Like it was an old runway. 
I so get they it. Were it trying was trying to not. I think anybody exactly. Either. I think they were doing more of a like chest puffing thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to shoot we this. So this. now, and then that was the propaganda that they put out. They said dozens of Americans were killed when we when we did yeah, ten, and, and they're like happen. nobody even got a concussion from that. You know what I mean? So. And that was, and I think that was what they wanted to do. They were like, well, we're going to put this $80 million hit on Donald Trump's head, and then we're going to launch 10 missiles. And I think that's going to be it for now. Yeah. Because the problem is, even though Iran has good connections with, like, China and North Korea and mm-hmm. Russia, they're not going to mess with the UN and everybody else because, no. yeah, the, it, it would I it would solve nothing. It wouldn't be worth it. I hope this is the end of it. I think it will be. I think it was just a, a chest-puffing thing. Yeah. We did something. They lost. Yeah. Right? And they're like, well, we got to retaliate to make ourselves so we don't look like, you know. We can't just lie over. We can't be, yeah, we can't just roll over and take it. So, yeah. So one more question before we go. Yeah. If your son or daughter told you they were going to join the military, what yeah. would you say? Um. Absolutely. You know, like I would I would do what my dad did. I would I would ask him why, you know, because if the answer is, you know, I love Call of Duty and I just want to go do that, then I'm going to talk them into not doing it because they're joining for the wrong reasons. Right. But if they tell me, you know, like they wanted help and things like that. And um, hopefully by that point, I would have raised them well enough to to understand that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't stop anyone from going to the military. I would sway them from different branches based on, like, what they want to do, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, the Marines and Army are very, like, soldier first, then you lose your job or learn your job, whereas the Air Force is, like, we want you to be a professional in your job. Mm-hmm. We're also going to teach you the soldier aspect of it because you're going to need it, but we want you to be proficient so that way we can only have to send one of you instead of 15 of you, mm-hmm. you know, to do a job. So that's, you know, and then the Navy, I don't know what they do. They just sit on boats, but. <laughs> you sound like a recruiter. I know, right? Exactly, yeah, There's no. six people listening right now that are joining. Yeah, they're yeah they're like, Sergeant Perez said so. Yeah, no, but yeah, I would definitely let them join, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know how I feel about everything. The news has just made you feel I'm weird just things. Unco- um, I'm just uncomfortable. I'm just. Well, and it's scary. You know, even my, I mean, I've been in for 15 years now and my, my mom is still like, you know, you're doing okay. Like yeah. when all that stuff happened, they're like, you're not going, are you? You know, my dad was asking me about it. Like, you yeah. know, they worry about you. They love yeah. you. You they know, like your body in one piece. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But if and it's two pieces, it can be in more places than one. No. Two Christmases. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas for my bottom half. Yeah. Exactly. Christmas for my top half. That's a different a conversation. I, it sh- I think maybe I did. You sh- yeah. Uh, well, thank you for joining us on Remember. Of course, yeah. Sorry, I took up most of the time just talking. I, unless that was that, the point. That's, that's was exactly the, the point. Oh, good. Okay, what good. Here? Oh, fantastic. Well, thanks for having me. This was cool. Yeah. Uh, it's the new year. It's Remain Seated. And Festus and I don't know what we want to do with the rest of the year. So tell us what we should do, right? We'll figure it out. We don't need them. No, I, I, I like it. All right. If you want to send an email to Gina at x96.com, you can go ahead and do that. Or tweet us. At Remain Seated Pod. That's also our Instagram handle. No, no, no. Don't get up. Bridgestone Tires just rolled into Midas. And if you roll in, we've got an exclusive deal for you. Get $70 back in Bridgestone rebates plus a $50 reward card with paid installation. Shop Bridgestone Tires at Midas.com. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.